Hi, this is Louis Canio. Welcome to the Doctor and Dad podcast. This fast-paced weekly podcast delves into the latest scientific findings on how we can all live longer and better lives. I'm the dad, and my daughter, Nicole, is a family medicine doc who trained at the renowned Cleveland Clinic. We hope you enjoy this short, informative show, and please be sure to visit thedoctorandad.com. Uh, and by the way, the doctor is abbreviated in that. So it's T-H-E-D-R-A-N-D-D-A-D.com for the show notes um, and other resources to help you learn about extending your health span. Within the notes, you'll find links to a bunch of stuff we discussed. So be sure to check it out. And thanks for listening. Hi, doctor. Hi, dad. So I'm happy to say that I am looking you in the face for this one here in not so sunny Omaha, Nebraska. Well, it's pretty darn sunny. Is it? It was supposed okay. to be a washout weekend, so we'll I take think it's we'll take nice. it. Although uh, some thunderstorms are in the forecast. Yeah, well, we'll keep an eye on the sky. Uh, fortunately, we're inside, and it is Father's Day, mm-hmm. so I have Happy to... Happy Father's Day. Thank you, thank you. I have to admit, I'm recording this with a glass of wine in my hand, so if I seem a little loose at times, that's my <laughs> excuse. Um, as advertised uh, during our last uh, podcast, we're going to talk about forming healthy habits today because, um, you know... We talk a lot about, oh, eat better or <laughs> exercise or, you know, don't smoke or what have you. So it implies that, you know, people can actually change their behaviors. Right. We act like it's easy. Um, I hope we state enough that we understand that it's not. If it was as easy as it sounds to just just do it, then we wouldn't have all these health problems. So when I talk to patients and tell them... Even with just smoking, smoking's a big one. I always will make sure I say, I know that this is not easy. Yeah. Because if it was, no one would do bad things and everyone would just have good positive habits. So there's there's a lot of a lot to be said about someone who's able to kind of stop a bad habit or start good habits and stick with one. it like smoking is mm-hmm. particularly tough because it's not only the behavior that's habituated you're addicted right so it's, it's it's a double whammy for yeah. you yeah just I'm, I'm just curious why but as you mentioned that your experience about people who successfully change that habit quit smoking mm-hmm. any 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 keys to it like um you know it's a drug like shantex or I think know, at first cold turkey or patches or well I think that comes second to um, the the way that they quit is definitely important but it comes second to them deciding to quit the motivation behind it and right. the decision well the, just the decision it. to quit because most people know it's bad everyone knows it's bad um, and most people if I say have you thought about quitting you know because I. I've, you rarely get a no. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be a smoker like, for the yeah, rest of my life. But, every day, all yeah, the time. Yeah. But to get past that stage, to because they we we learn this in school, it's like the pre-contemplative stage where it's someone who is like, no, I haven't thought about quitting, and I'm not going to. 
okay, well, that kind of stuff. There's not a whole lot of, yeah. of lecturing right. or information you can give them that's going to change their mind. Most people are in a contemplative Probably. stage, yeah. which is, yeah, I think about it, but I'm not doing anything about it. And then it's maybe the action phase, I think, we learn. So, like, they're actually actively trying to um, quit or stop the habit. Um, and then the other side of things is when they've kind of done it. They're in process of it. So yeah. I'd say most people are in a contemplative stage, which is good. But to get them to the to switch from contemplative to action is the hardest part. Um, so when it comes to smoking, I think so much of it has to be whatever triggers that person to commit to acting. And then we say, okay, well, we can help you with X, Y, Z. Um, it's not super common that someone just quits cold turkey, but some of the most successful people, the ones who quit once and stopped, I find are the ones who tell me they just stopped, quit cold turkey one day. Right. Kind I of like Papa. Yeah. Um, yeah. So one of my grandfathers. And I'll, and I'll talk about the, do you know the story of your other grandfather, my, I think my dad? I we talked about it. At the we very beginning, have. but, but yeah, t- same, tell the story first about same kind of thing. I think as no, no, but um, quit or smoked from a very very early age, um, and tried to quit here and there. Um, got lung cancer, was able to quit for a while, and then started back up again at some point. Got lung cancer again, um, was not able to quit. You know, even through two rounds of beating lung cancer was able to quit for some length of time, definitely, but then you just, it's a kind of a slow, you know, regression back to it. But then he had a COPD exacerbation where he had a lot of trouble breathing mm-hmm. because the COPD acted up. Um, and it was that feeling of not being able to breathe. Suffocating they, can't be a, a, right. a pleasant feeling. Whereas before with the cancers, you know, he didn't feel that. Um, and from the next day on, he has not touched a cigarette and it has been years and years and years. So it's like, that's what happened to him. And then he quit cold Turkey and that was, kept it going. that was it. Your, your no, no's my, my dad's story is similar in that a health event Mm -hmm. triggered him to stop. So he needed quadruple bypass surgery in his early fifties. And his cardiac surgeon said, I'm not doing it till you you stop smoking for at least I can't remember how many months three months six yep. months yep. somewhere in there, so that's the that and you know that's exactly I mean great you want to quit smoking at some point better to quit smoking than to not but to wait until you have a you know lung cancer or quadruple bypass surgery mm-hmm. um, kind of breathing down your neck right. um, is is too bad so obviously. Um, it's um, it, it it's it's a challenge, and we and we won't focus on on just smoking because that that you know fortunately is a smaller and smaller slice yes, of the right. of the population. But um, but so the question is, we're going to dig into you know why are bad habits so easy to 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 get into? Why are good habits so tough? Um, but but I think it bears kind of discussion around why we're creatures of habit because I think. There's an evolutionary basis to it. I think that you know, again, we want to we want to um, base this on on what the science says, and I think it's it's pretty clear. So, explain that that kind of evolutionary basis. Why why did evolution favor 
the formation of habits in general? So any habits, like just, um, I think when you think about how we've developed something so universal, like a habit, everyone has habits. And most of us probably don't realize that we have a lot more good habits than we think that we do. Um, you don't have people brushing our teeth. We, I was just going to say, you don't have people patting you on the back for brushing your teeth every day, but most people brush their teeth every day and that's a good habit. So I think with evolution, it's the same thing. Things that are, you know, advantageous to you are going to make you more successful in the greater population scheme. And it's going that, that genetic trait that helps form good habits and makes you someone who can form good habits gets carried on over generations and generations so it would be you know of course advantageous to um kind of create a habit of when you're in danger you know you run or you know if you are let's say you before you eat a food you smell a food right because oftentimes foods that Mm -hmm. smell bad are bad for you whereas the person who just not habitual shoves it in their mouth right so and we're not we're talking about early ancestors yes (laughs) i don't smell my food all the time now but those habits those people who were doing those things were going to be more successful more likely to live longer more likely to reproduce more likely to pass their genes on to the next generation more likely for that gene to kind of pass on and i'm thinking that it's not just oh these people can form habits and they can form good habits that that sort of thing but if you think about it you know we only got so much brain power mental capacity so habits by definition are things we don't are behaviors we don't need to think about so if we've got these these right habits that Mm -hmm. we don't need to expend brain power on we can therefore we have capacity to expend brain power on other things that like defeating our enemies or how to avoid the saber-toothed tiger in our in in the first place Mm -hmm. or whatever that again are advantageous to our survival because if you think about what habit means and like the word habitual if you do something habitually you're not really thinking about it Right. So and I go I back up, to the brushing your teeth. It's something that most people are doing habitually. You just do it. You don't even think about it. It's, done, it's not difficult for you because it's something you've done at least once a day. For, at least once a day, yes. For forever. Or, so or it's like just, uh, getting up in the morning and making my coffee. Right. There's not a whole lot of brain power exactly. that's going on right. in, that, in that time. So. But it wasn't, it's not, well, actually, I can tell you that it's something that becomes a habit that you don't think about. Because when you try to teach a two-year-old that they have to brush their teeth every day in the morning and at night, it is not easy for them. And you have direct experience yes. relatively recently with this. It's not like you can sit, tell a two or three, even three-year-old. Like she very, can very much understand you need to brush your teeth in the morning and at night or else you're going to get cavities and you're going to need to go to the dentist. And she does not. She's scared of the dentist even though she's never, she's never been So yet. she can process the logic of that. Exactly. It's not just like I'm making you do something completely random. Um, but it is, it is much better now. But previously a fight, a huge fight. Just brush your teeth. Literally tw- give me 20 seconds with your mouth open so we can brush your teeth. And it is not habitual. But as time has gone on, you know, we've noticed that it's gradually becoming much more acceptable. Instead of a, I'm going to hold you down and put this toothbrush in your mouth because you're 
throwing a tantrum about it and it's not a big deal, it's now like, oh, fine, I'll brush my teeth. And then as she gets older, we'll just be, yeah, of course I brush my teeth. She'll do it on her own. Yeah, because that's a, a formed habit that is not a chore anymore. So let's, let's, um, and certainly, well, so let's, let's go to the, the meat of this. And that is how can we help people, um, or make it easier for people to change habits, um, stop bad habits and, and get into good habits. And, and certainly there's, um, there, there's a lot of science behind this. So, uh, the way we've kind of structured this is there's really, I think three pillars of habit change and then there's some useful tactics. So first we'll hit the, the three pillars of habit change. So the first one is understanding what I would refer to as the habit equation. Um, there's a really good book, uh, we'll link to it in the show notes, called The Power of Habit. Um, it was written by this uh, Pulitzer Prize winning author, Charles Duhigg. Um, and he's he's kind of surveyed the science literature, so um, he's he's kind of, made it easy for us, he's distilled it. Um, and the, the equation is, there's a trigger that, that um, some sort of stimuli, either in your environment of some sort, it's a, it could be time of day, it could be you're, you finished a meal, it could be whatever, there's a trigger. And then there's that habitual or habituated response to it. And the reward that you get from that response. So mm-hmm. a, a classic one would be, you know, a smoker wakes up in the morning, that's the trigger, waking up, and the response is lighting up a cigarette, and the reward is what, I, I've never smoked cigarettes, so the reward is whatever they get from, from right. the cigarette smoking. Right. So that then is is helpful in determining okay how can i change the behavior because what the science says is what you don't what, what is what is you can well what is more likely to be effective is not i wake up in the morning and i'm just not going to smoke mm-hmm. it's replacing the response to waking up in the morning with something other than smoking right and something that gives you a reward so maybe you who you know, maybe if you're, you're a coffee drinker, you order some really nice coffee and grind it yourself in the morning and yep. make it a little more of a ritual. Yep. Because it's not, if it wasn't ingrained in somewhat of a reward pathway in the brain, smokers who now know, because before people didn't understand how bad smoking was, they know how bad smoking is now. So it's not a logic thing. Right. If it was as easy as... Oh, I'm going to do this, you know, habit because I like it and it's not bad for me. Well, now, you know, it's bad for you. So why does the person still do it? It's addicting and not just the, the chemical addiction, but the behavior. So breaking that behavior by replacing it with something, because it would be a heck of a lot harder to just kind of cut that entire practice out of a ritual that you do in the morning, as opposed to replacing it with something more. So let's talk about something. Let's get off the smoking thing because, yeah. you know, but let's, so let's talk about e- eating and exercise. Right. So a good one is, um, and, and actually during this COVID-19 stuff, I've been eating dessert 
just about every mm-hmm. night. It's 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 weird, you know. And when yep. when in the past I might eat a bar of dark chocolate, you know, not yep. a bar, but a piece, piece of dark of it, chocolate. Yeah. yeah. Um, and now it's become a little I've bit more of a habit. habit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I go sit down. I'm gonna watch a show. Yep. And have something sweet. And I want something mm-hmm. sweet, exactly. So I used to do the at same. some point. I gotta break this. I gotta break this freaking habit. I did the same thing, and it was okay because I would, you know, say that I still, you know. I exercised or blah blah blah, but either way, I would have. My s- excuse is we're in we're in pandemic. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would have a little bit of like Halo Top ice cream, which is not the worst kind of ice cream, but it's still ice cream. And I it came to a point. I think it was Anthony when he was with us. He would I would always ask like, "Do you want some?" Because me and Brandon would have like, and we would not have a ton. It would just be like a little bit. But I would always ask him. And he'd be like, "No, I'm not hungry right now." And I'm like, I'm not hungry. hungry right I just want the <laughs> and yeah. and then I was also like, these these little tiny pints are like five bucks a pop. So we would always look at each other and be like, we should stop doing this. And I, but then I'm like, it's gonna be so hard because I look forward to it and I do it every night. Like once I finally got Sophia to bed, this was before Teddy. Yeah, um, I'd come reward. down and we would watch something, you know, for the and and we would eat some ice cream. And then I we just stopped. I just stopped buying it. And sometimes I still will have something like here and there, but very rarely, I usually just stop eating after dinner. And I thought for a while, this is going to be so, um, terrible because I really enjoy this, but it's not that big of a deal once a little bit of time goes on because your brain is smart and it is used to something. And I tell patients this all the time, but if you change your behavior and you do it something differently over and over that becomes a new normal so it's now normal for me to not eat anything after dinner and the exception is the few times that i do have yeah but that's just exactly. because it came well, with and, time and you just brought up it, 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 one of the tactics that we're going to talk about it's not a pillar but it's a tactic and that is changing your environment setting up your environment to make it easier for right. you right because yep. if if that halo top was in the freezer right even though you had made the decision not yes. to do that on a nightly basis. Make it easier lot, for yourself by not <laughs> I tell people too with food and it's not easy if you have kids and but you know, if you don't buy it, you can't eat it. You know? Yep. So that's one thing. If you're trying to change something, you know, get it out of your physical reach. Um, right. If you're trying to, to eat less processed carbs and you've got chips and Twinkies and whatever yeah. in your cupboard, right? And you're set up. So then, if that's the case, then the the hard part for you is forming the habit of shopping more, right, in a healthier yeah. way, which online grocery shopping can. Yeah. You also, I, I remember reading that book uh, about that 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 power of habit book. You also got to look at what the reward that you're getting. You may think that the reward you're getting. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm doing this on the fly, so I may mm-hmm. not get to the point I want to get to, but. Uh, of eating the halo top ice cream the reward was the flavor of the ice cream um the reward actually may be just the the time that you and brandon have together right. alone yep. without the kids yeah which which is being associated with the ice cream if you if you're doing it every night with the ice cream right so you yep. actually you know could have a cup of herbal tea right and get the same reward. I'm not going to tell you what I have replaced it with some of the time. You're not? You're going to leave that as a cliffhanger? You're going to do that to our listeners? <laughs> so I will switch it if I really feel like I need to have something. Yeah. 
never and I, when I say need, I use the term need loosely. Yes. But I'll have a diet coke. <laughs> oh my god, that's worse. <laughs> a, it's got caffeine. B, uh, I don't want to even talk about it. We've talked but about. Please, I know. Please go back to the hill. I know. <laughs> no. <laughs> Regardless of the cause. But I would say for me for habits, if it's something like food that I don't usually eat or dessert. I actually don't feel very good after. So there's a negative reward. I'd be like, why did there's I a that penalty, need that? Right. Yeah. But that's, you know, I think a lot of people that, that kind of struggle with, with eating or, you know, want to start exercising and don't, there's that, there's that back of the mind kind of mm-hmm. Well, it's the opposite with, and I, feedback loop. and this is another example of, of habits. I was, before I had Teddy, in the habit of getting up at 4.45 and getting on the Peloton bike and exercising for 30 minutes before work in the morning. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't fun, getting up that early, knowing I was going to exercise at that time. And that was first like Not five, as hard as you work on that bike. It's not right. It's not fun. It's not like it's a, you know, just a leisurely 30 minutes. But how good I felt after having exercised and knowing that it was done, how I felt at work once I got to work, um, was what got me out of bed. That and the habit. So when I missed one day, because I would take like one day off a week, the next day I was like, okay. Gotta get back back." on. Right. Now, (laughs) I am up usually with both kids at night and it's, it just doesn't work out well. So three days a week when I'm not working, I'll get up and I, do it in the morning one or two of the other days um when I am working I'll do it in the afternoons or try to but I would love to get back in the habit and get it done early of doing and... it in the morning once Teddy's you know and I would say I could probably start doing that now and I tell people patients all the time when it comes to like exercise the more you do it the more you do it and that all comes down to habit and the less you do something the less you do something so and, and I think then, this is going to lead us into our next one um, around mindfulness, is, is then kind of, uh, what do I want to say, uh, just bathe yourself in that, that um, realization of that feeling of the reward. Mm-hmm. So we, as you start to get back into it, it's going to be a tough, tough thing right. to get yep. up at 4.45 and jump on that bike. Right. So you've got to appreciate how good you feel after much more than you would right than when than when the habit is, when it was is there. ingrained yep yep so let's 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 kind of shift gears to that that um, second pillar which is cultivating mindfulness um, and and I'm curious about your opinion I'm uh, I I absolutely think this is is critical I'm I'm, I'm kind of you know I, I meditate I think mindfulness is is critical to to a lot of of pieces to our you know kind of healthy happy lives um and and the and the reason i think it's so critical to habits is that um when you come right down to it um when you're trying to change a habit you've got to engage your mind mm-hmm. right you've yep. got it you're, you're and and if if you're not mindful and and i i would i would define that as being 
um, having somewhat of a third party relationship with your mind, being able to say, oh, you know, I'm sitting down to, I'm sitting down to, to watch my show and uh, my, my mind is telling me I need that ice cream in the fridge and there's nothing I can do about it. I, I must do what my mindset right. you know, d- wants me to do. Then, um, then you're at a huge disadvantage in trying right. to change that behavior. Right. Yep. That makes sense? Yeah. And I think that's what mindfulness is all about. That's what meditation gives you is the ability mm-hmm. to have that third-party relationship, not, not be a captive, but be able to sit back when... Because ultimately... I heard I forget who used this analogy, but your mind is a tool. It's a but but as with all tools, it can if used, misused, it can work against you. Right. Yep. What do you so do you think does that? Yeah. Kind of resonate with you, or it does. is it a little bit? Um, what do you mean? Uh, what do I want to say? Far out. out there, yeah. Well, it's hard sometimes. I think you are either someone who's very much. Um, mindful and um are able to get to a place where you understand that you're you know bigger than just the thoughts that come through and understanding that a lot of times the thoughts are driven by you know other things that are very much in your control and knowing that you know the reward center in the brain that gets activated by things that aren't good for you can then you can change that you know if you stop eating processed carbs it's going to be hard because you're going to have that craving for it but then after it's something like two weeks or 28 days or whatever to change that actual chemical pathway um i think it helps me to understand that piece to then know that you are more powerful than just thinking when when these thoughts come through and you you either want to do something or don't want to do something um i don't meditate regularly so I'm not, I'm not the most mindful I should. I do need meditation in my life. If anyone needs meditation, it's you. Um, but I, de- I do buy into you know being mindful, and I think that that kind of has a, a benefit to your overall health and well-being. Yeah. I, I would say that, that um, meditation is to mindfulness as Peloton is to your, you know, uh, 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 good health or, or yeah. Yeah, uh, cardiovascular fitness. Yeah. It's, the, it's, the, it's the exercise that gets you there. Right, right. Because uh, I think very few people are born mindful. Right, I, I would agree. So. And there's, yeah, it's, and it's, you almost know when you come across somebody in com- just normal conversations, I think you can tell if there's someone mm-hmm. who is, is captive ex- to their thoughts right. or yep. is. yep. And and I would say in a lot of people who have you know kind of not gone down this path, it, it seems daunting. Oh, I'm supposed to sit there and not think of anything. That's mm-hmm. that's a recipe for failure. Yeah. So that's why these new uh, meditation apps, and there are free ones, and there are ones that cost you a little bit of money, yeah. um, are so good because they will give you mind. They will give you um, short. The one I use is a ten minute daily meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and you can go deeper into it. The, the one I use again has like lessons that you can that you can dig into and conversations and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, but um, but so it 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 makes it much more accessible than you know. And previously you had to, 
either go it go at it on your own. Yeah. Or right. find a guru that would. And that <laughs> stuff can, a practitioner can sometimes trying to go at it you. on your own can is what can sometimes turn people off because you're like, well, this is a little too. You too don't know much. where to go. It's right. like it's like walking into a gym and then yeah. not you yeah. know not knowing what the heck yeah. you know barbell to pick up. So the third, so that, that's two pillars. Third pillar is making making changing habits a habit. Now this one, admittedly, I wasn't able to find scientific research around. So, but but I believe in this one. Yeah. As much or maybe more than the other two. Um, so so, it, and what this is all about is developing both the skills and the confidence that you can change a habit, you know, start a good habit or, or stop a bad habit. And I think a practice that is really, really helpful, I did this last year, I, I really need to get back into it, mm-hmm. is picking, and, it, and, and preferably a small habit, not like if you have an exercise to go out and, you know, start exercising every day or whatever, that, that's not what I'm talking about, but right. pick a small habit, could be just drinking a, wa- a glass of water when you wake up in the morning, mm-hmm. which is supposed to be a, a good habit rehydrate you whatever mm-hmm. picking one habit once a month and focusing on that for 30 days and instilling that little good habit right something small yep right not and, this big life-changing new right. year's resolution that you know well, and that's that's the way most people mm-hmm. you know have a relationship with habits is it's my it one big new big year. profound and what's what's I, I think it's like of them fail by February. Right. So when I talk to people uh, or patients about, you know, oh, yeah, you got to start eating healthy or got to start exercising or got to start blank, I will tell them to to just make small, gradual changes that last, you know, their lifetime, not when it comes, like, with diet. Don't overhaul your diet and be super strict and perfectly clean and eat every, only what you should be eating and you can do that. You can maybe sustain that for a week or a month, you know, but it's not. Pick one component of that. Right. Make small changes that become your new normal. I'm going to eat a salad for lunch right. every day. Yeah. I'm going to cut out blank. Um, Instead of going to McDonald's. Or right. Whatever. Because that then becomes what's just normal for you. Yeah. And then it becomes not hard. Whereas, and, and think about how empowering that is after, right. you know, after you've... And I, I just, I saw it last year again when I was doing this month after month after three months, let's say, mm-hmm. and I changed three habits. I think one of them was journaling in the morning. One of them was drinking that glass of water in mm-hmm. the morning. One of them was, I can't even remember. But boy, the, 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 the confidence that gives you to be able to, to change behaviors and, the, and thus change your life. Right. Because, you know, we kind of are what we consistently do. Yep. Yeah, is really revel- revelatory. Yeah. Yep. So it's probably something where people who are able to change a habit or start a good habit will are are more likely to do it again. Right. Because well, a lot of people think, and I know that a lot of people think, I can't do blank. I can't stop this. Because their history has this. been a failure to change to initiate good habits or, or to, to, to stop bad habits. Yep. And if that's your history, then then you have a right to be pessimistic about right. it. Whereas if, you're, if your history is success 
in anything, but in this mm-hmm. case, the habits. And again, that's that's more, all the more reason to pick something small. Right. You know, not yep. not quitting smoking. That that that's, that's kind big. of the Mount Everest mm-hmm. of. Yeah. Um, take that take that short short hike. And again, it it I think it builds that habit changing muscle little by little right use the analogy you don't yep. go into the gym and try yep. to deadlift 450 pounds right yep. so. so those are the pillars uh and and i'll just kind of go over them really really quick again um understand and leverage the habit equation which is trigger response reward so the way you 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 change that is to change the response to the trigger some to it to a response that, that is positive in your life still gives you reward cultivate mindfulness is number two and make changing habits a habit in and of itself other proven tactics that help so what would you say is is top of your list in terms of something you've that's been helpful to you when you want to change a habit um probably what we talked about starting small um, not doing, not doing something that's so, so interrupts your life that you can't sustain it. Um, and then for me, the thinking about the kind of long-term outcome or the, the reward, Focusing I guess. Focusing on the benefits. Yes. Yeah. Because it really, I go back to the exercise. I feel so much better. And that's what I can just well, say. I You're going to feel much better if you get up and do this now, right? Yeah. And I think that's beneficial. Um, and probably acknowledging that you don't have to be perfect. Perfect. Yes. So if you if you have a setback, right? If you go for that halo top, right? Because it's in your fridge or whatever, yeah. then then one day doesn't mean that you're going to do it every day for the next right if you did well month. for 90 days but missed it for 10 days you know you're still doing yeah and i think that's that's pretty common that because mm-hmm. we are, we tend to be so critical all or nothing on and, ourselves mm-hmm. and right it is all or nothing yeah and if it it and that's just not the not, not the way life is right and and Boy, I don't want to be overly, I don't know, judgmental, but to, to some extent that, that strikes me as a cop-out. What? Yeah. That all or nothing yeah, yeah, yeah. thinking. Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's, yep. a, it's an excuse not to not even try. Not something. Yep, yep. Um, we talked about, you know, make it easier, not harder so, to set up your environment such that, so if you're, I'm thinking, you know, if you're getting up at 4.45 in the morning, if you're going to bed, if you so if you're, you're going to get up at four forty-five in the morning, jump on the peloton. If you're going to bed at eleven o'clock at night, you're setting yourself up for failure. Right. Yep. Or again, if you don't want to eat processed foods, and but you're still buying them for your kids, even which you shouldn't be. But if you are, then and you're setting the yourself up for whatever. failure. Yeah. So, yep. um, I've um, I found it helpful when I was doing that that um, one per month thing to write it down. Yep. Um, and keep a keep like a habit journal and and you know um, journaling has is definitely been proven just to be beneficial way of kind of self uh, self therapy mm-hmm. call it so um, I would I would write in there you know uh, boy I'm having a tough time today with let's say I was um, doing a uh, uh, restricted time restricted feeding time yeah. slot thing yeah. so I was I was fasting till noontime and 
you know, being able to write down there, boy, it's it's ten o'clock and I'm freaking starving and whatever. <laughs> right. I'll I'll drink some water, water, but I I can't guarantee I'll make it to noon. Yeah. Just that kind of being able to to write yeah. it down was much more effective as a support mechanism than um, than saying it to myself in my head. Yep, yep, yep. You're more apt to do things when you write them down. Yeah. That's what I think that's probably the, I don't know if there's actual science, but the science behind a to-do list. Right. No, I'm, I'm sure there is. And the last thing I would say is um, is to, to create some social support network yep. there. I, I definitely have read that, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to commit to, you know, losing 10 pounds and you're going to do that by, I don't know, intermittent fasting or whatever, yep. tell your, you know, significant other, tell your best friend, yep. put it out there on Facebook, whatever. Yeah. Well, and if you're doing, trying to make a habit, form a habit, I, I'll, you know, talk to patients all the time about diet and they're like, oh, well, my husband won't eat that or won't eat that stuff or my kids won't eat that stuff. I'm like, well, that's not going to work, you know, cause you can't, they can't eat, you know, all the stuff that we know is not healthy and have you make yourself your own separate food and you know maybe you can do that for a month but that's not sustainable so making it a a kind of whole household thing and that speaks to doing it incrementally huh? right trying Absolutely. to replace the, exactly. the usual pizza night with a salad or like you that's, know that's gonna be a tough one I, I hear it from patients all the time oh yeah I'm like my wife and I or my husband and I we need to start going for walks after dinner you know so a lot of things that we do you do as a social thing right so you either sit on the couch together or you go for a walk together um so i think that as actually beneficial because not only will you both be changing your habits for the better but you have someone else who on the days where you're like forget this that person's probably not at the same point as you and can motivate you to stick with what you're trying to accomplish and vice versa then yeah, yeah absolutely Okay. Well, hopefully that was that was helpful. I'm 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 feeling motivated to change a habit. What, what, Maybe I'll get up to exercise in the morning. <laughs> well, let's see. Okay. We'll uh, we'll update our listeners maybe uh, several months down the road. Although right. I think Teddy may may need to. Although his sleeping has gotten a little better, so you may. It's just the problem that I have now is it was like very erratic. Then it became a little bit more predictable, but now it's unpredictable. So uh, it's like it's either going to be a good night or a bad night. Yeah. But yeah. either way, I can still, what's 30 minutes, can still get, okay. do it. Okay, we'll update our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll remember this. 30, 30 days, maybe by the end of summer we'll do it. Yeah. Okay, well, it's been great doing this face-to-face. Yes. We, we definitely have to try this more often. You Next time you come to Maine, we'll yep. do it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks. We're going to go cook Father's Day dinner. Mm-hmm. Yum. Thanks again for listening. You can visit the doctorandad.com. That's spelled T-H-E-D-R-A-N-D-D-A-D.com for show notes to any of our podcasts, as well as other useful info on extending health span. Now the legal disclaimer. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. And no doctor-patient relationship is formed. 
Use of this information in show notes is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not meant to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Listeners should not, should not disregard or delay taking medical advice or treatment for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their medical professional for any such conditions. We also want you to know that we take no funding from any product or service that may be mentioned on the Doctor and Dad podcast.